You're listening to Information is the Best Medicine. Glenn Ellis brings you what you need to know to be healthy. He's not a doctor. He just sounds like one. This is Information is the Best Medicine with your host, Glenn Ellis. This program is committed to helping you make good decisions about your health and the health of those you love. And now, here's your host, Glenn Ellis. Greetings, everyone. How are you today? This is Glenn Ellis again, and we're back. Episode number three of our series on dementia. That's right, dementia. And I hope you have been uh, able to actually take a look at some of those uh, first two series to get an idea where we're going with everything. I have been doing a lot of uh, work trying to put this series together. I'm trying to um, do this for those of us who actually really care about this situation because this is a serious problem. So what I would like to do, I'd like to um, make sure you understand that this is not for everybody. So I'm not trying to get fans and followers and all that. Some of us are seriously trying to find out as much as we can about dementia. So in fact, um, just give me an example. Many of you may have heard a story about Jesus and he fed the multitude of 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread as he preached to them. Well, I can assure you, all 5,000 of those people didn't go and join the church that next Sunday. (laughs) A lot of them just showed up because they heard there was some free fish sandwiches. So I'm talking to the people who really want to understand more and prepare themselves and to really empower themselves with good information, resources. And that's what we're doing, right? Some of us are in this just to help somebody. I just want to help somebody. So Dr. Fayron Epps also told me that uh, Us Against Alzheimer's organization and Florida International University did a study a year or so ago. They found out that based on the trends and the projections, 40% of everybody in the United States who has Alzheimer's or dementia will be either black or Latino. So this is the dementia elephant in the room. So I wanna take a moment to make sure you understand why this is an issue that has a higher level of resonance with black communities. So check this out. I wanna make sure that your audience understands how this is attacking the black community. So about, um, I believe it's going on two years now, Us Against Alzheimer's and the Florida International University, they did some type of report and they put out that by 2030, nearly 40% of individuals that will be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease or a form of dementia will be Black or Latino. So that's less than 10 years away. So I just want to make sure we all understand that there should be some sense of urgency for us to address this, for us to know that we, again, can't be silent. We have to talk about it. We have to become educated and get the tools that we need so we can advocate for those living with dementia 
advocate for ourselves. If we're a caregiver, advocate for your neighbor. But we have to know because this is this is it's here. It is here. And of course, there's many things you can do to reduce your risk of dementia, but nothing's guaranteed. So if we don't, as a community, don't change certain things, and some things are in our control, some things are not, this is coming down. And we have to talk about it. We have to make sure we get support. Now, let me address the dementia elephant in the room. You know what that is? It's race. People want to know, is this a black thing? Is it a white thing? Do white people get it more than black people? Are black people more vulnerable? Well, I want to put all of this to rest by giving you some accurate information from Dr. Lisa Barnes. I wouldn't say it's a black or a white dementia, but it there there is some evidence to suggest that it may be higher. Alzheimer's disease risk may be higher in black people than in white people. Um, and that's mainly mainly because of the higher prevalence of vascular conditions like diabetes and hypertension. We know that those diseases are um, involved in Alzheimer's disease. They're risk factors for Alzheimer's. So because Black people tend to have higher rates of those conditions, that puts them at higher risk of Alzheimer's. Um, so whether or not the disease itself is different across race, that is probably not the case. It's probably the same across races, but it's just that the burden might be higher for our community because we have these other comorbidities, just like with COVID, right? Black people got COVID more because they had all these other chronic conditions. Um, so Alzheimer's is similar in that way. If you go in early to see, if you notice something's wrong and you go in early, then you can, if you get the diagnosis, you can start getting your affairs in order, right? While you still have your, your mental capacity to do so, you know, whether you have to figure out your health care, your, your uh, power of attorney, or, you know, your, your living situation, all that's, all those things can be managed early in the disease. Because once you, once the disease progresses, that's it. You don't have any more decisional capacity, right? So you you while you are still capable, you talk to your family members about what you want to have done, you know, in the future, right? So that's one main reason. The second, I think, is that the medications that we do have, they really work best at the early stages of the disease. And in fact, the, the, the two that have been approved by the FDA are really only for MCI, mild cognitive impairment, and early dementia. So if you come in too late in the disease course, you're not eligible to get the, those medications that might help you. If you, you know, get in early enough, something can be done. You know, and so I think what we do as, as a people is that we wait. We're like, you know, well, it's just aging. It's supposed, I'm supposed to lose my memory. There's nothing I can do about it. And then, you know, it's too late when, when it gets to the point where your loved one cannot care for you and they're starting to freak out. I got to get mom to the doctor. Okay, you've waited too late. And there's nothing that can really be done. So you get it? That's why we have to get on this and we have to be very, very proactive. A lot of us made sure we got our wills done and we know who's going to get the China clack. Uh, the, the the dishes in the china cabinet and who's going to get their car but 
we got to also think about planning for the potential possibility. And for many of us, it's also for the reality that dementia will enter into our own personal lives and then it's going to continue to progress. So Professor Thaddeus Pope has made a very good explanation out for us to explain how we should approach planning for the potential possibility that we could have dementia. The thing that is what people are talking about now is what about advanced directives? Because my life is fine right now. It's going to be fine tomorrow and it might be fine for the next year. What I'm worried about is what's happening three years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road because of the long progressive nature of dementia. So people, so the, the big push now is let's design a dementia directive. So you, so you and I, I don't, I don't believe that I have uh, an early diagnosis of dementia. So I, but I could still complete a dementia directive today saying if, if, and I don't know if I ever will get dementia, but if I do, then this is what I would want hypothetically in that situation. You could also, so that's with no, no diagnosis whatsoever, you could complete it. And absolutely, you could also complete it if you've, you know, if you're in stage one, two, or three, because you would still, even though you're going to have some cognitive impairment, you would still have sufficient decision-making capacity to understand the choices that you're making and the instructions that you're providing in your advanced directive. So the answer is yes, you could complete a dementia directive with no dementia diagnosis, just, just in case you get a dementia diagnosis, or you can complete it after after you get a dementia diagnosis, but only in those earlier stages when you still have what we call decision-making capacity or sometimes called competence. And once again, in closing, dementia is not a curse. Just remember that. In fact, I'm continuously starting to believe for all of us who are impacted by dementia, whether it's a loved one, whether it's you yourself, whether it's a friend, a neighbor, Dementia can actually be one of the most empowering things to a human being. I was so humbled and, and just moved when I was interviewing my friend, a professional pro photographer, Raymond Holman Jr. And he talked about his experience being in his father's life as dementia impacted his father. And what you're going to hear, not only did dementia change his father's life, but it changed Raymond's life as well and made him a better human, which is what is potentially available for all of us. So listen to how Raymond recounts his experiences with caring for his father. Before daddy got sick, I'm, I was 100% focused on my photography, which I was trying to figure out how to do as a career. I was 100% focused on me as far as how figuring out how to live on this planet as a human being in some sort of peaceful state, you know. And then when Daddy got sick, um, my attention switched to him. And Glenn, as I said to you before, it was a highly spiritual experience. I'm extremely thankful that the universe gave me the opportunity to make sure Daddy was okay extremely um, 
happy. Part of this process of um, making sure daddy was okay, one day I realized that I had never, ever told daddy I loved him. And I went over one morning with the intention of telling daddy I love him. And I got there, I couldn't do it. I went back home, sat down. I said, man, what is up with you? You know, why couldn't you say that to him? So then I went back the next day. I said, dad, I just want to let you know I love you. And we shook hands and he looked up at me. It was beautiful, Glenn. It was beautiful. Our relationship was highly spiritual. Okay, so that's it for episode number three. So episode four, we're going to move further into caregiving. And Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, you're going to hear from Dr. Macy Smith. You're going to hear more from Dr. Faron Epps, Dr. Lisa Barnes, Thaddeus Pope, Brother Michael Muhammad, Meg Grant, Raymond Holman Jr., and others, because we're going to empower all of us with the ability to make good decisions about our health and the health of those we love. I'm Glenn Ellis. This is called Information is the Best Medicine. Our series is on dementia. We encourage you go to our YouTube channel. Just search under Glenn Ellis Dementia. Information is the Best Medicine Dementia. We're on social media on Facebook and on X, formerly known as Twitter, right? And go to glennellis.com when you get a chance and just leave us some comments and let us know how you feel about this series and what you think we could do better or add on to what we're doing. And until that next time, I am certainly Glenn Ellis. You are who you are, and we should all take good care of ourselves and live the best life possible. All righty, take it away, Mr. Bill. Thank you, Glenn. Information is the Best Medicine with Glenn Ellis is a Strategies for Wellbeing LLC production. Hosted and executive produced by Glenn Ellis. Original theme music, Best Life Possible, written by Sean Mitchell Caldwell and Glenn Ellis. From Infotainment's Timeless Masterpiece CD. Opening announcer is Nat Washington. Rod McCollum is the research producer. Production location photography by Raymond Holman Jr. Photography. Produced and distributed by Audavita. For Audavita, David Wolf, Executive Producer. Erica Yoakum, Executive in Charge of Production and Operations. Sean Hedinger, Audio Post-Production, Engineering and Editing. Jay Spang, Video Post-Production Supervision. You can find today's episode at glennellis.com YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow Glenn on social media for more good health information. Thank you for your support, and thanks for listening. I'm Bill Hall.